Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Long before the January 6th attack on the nation's capital, protesters stormed the Wisconsin state capitol. Senators, please return to the chambers so we can begin. As Republican Governor Scott Walker stripped most public workers of their power to collectively bargain. Many of the state and local unions that were institutional players in 2010 no longer are. 12 years later. What we did was completely legal and constitutional. The unions see a new opportunity to strike back. Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm your host, Brian Polson, and I'm joined today by Open Record's executive producer, Sarah Smith. Hey, Sarah. Hi. We are also joined by two of our colleagues today. First, Fox 6 political reporter, Jason Calvi. Hey, Jason. Hey. And joining us over Zoom is Fox 6's Waukesha beat reporter, Brett Lemoyne. Hey, Brett. Hi there. We are recording this episode on Wednesday, December 6th for release on Thursday, December 7th. And about a week ago, a group of seven public employee unions filed a lawsuit in Dane County Circuit Court seeking to overturn a now 12-year-old state law that fundamentally overhauled the role of public unions, uh, public employee unions, rather, in Wisconsin. We're going to talk about that lawsuit today, and we're also going to go back in time to the winter of 2011 and what may have been the most chaotic and divisive period in the history of Wisconsin politics. And, and I know that sounds like hyperbole to say things like in the history of, but it was a really chaotic time. And Brett, I'm going to start with you because I know you covered some of this, but not for Fox 6 News in Milwaukee. You actually were in the Wisconsin Capitol during these protests back in 2011 for another television station. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, I... I started working at WFRV, the CBS station in Green Bay, in October of 2010. So just imagine <clears throat> that time period too, right? Because that was right before the election in November when everything changed, when the whole state changed. It was that red wave that came through. And actually, the first time I was live on uh, Channel 5 WFRV in Green Bay was that election night. I was with the Ron Johnson campaign in Oshkosh watching these results come in, and everything at that moment was just red all over Wisconsin. What I remember most about this, Brian, is that there were kind of two parallel stories going on at this time. Uh, and again, keep in mind, I was working in Green Bay. We had the elections, uh, the election cycle then, and then also the Packers rode to the Super Bowl. They were both going on at the same time. And what I remember most is I was sent to Dallas uh, that that winter to go cover the Super Bowl. We drove there. It was a long drive. Uh, we were there for a week. And then as soon as I got back after that, it was I think it was just one week after that is when all this chaos started in Madison. I was driving from Appleton 
to Madison back and forth every day for three weeks covering this. It was really one of the most exhausting periods that I can remember of my career. But what I what I think of when I think back on those times is just it was claustrophobic. There were so many people that were packed into that Capitol. It was so loud. People were playing music, banging on drums inside the Capitol. It echoes uh, it was really, really loudly there. Was, yeah. 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 Well, and I even like I, you know, watched a couple stories before we came in here just to remind myself because 20, that was a long time ago, 2011, that was a lot happened, has happened in life and work life since then. Um, but the videos were just, and to Brett's point, everyone's in there just jam packed and signs and things that they're holding. And I mean, it was, and it was busy outside too. Just so many people that were passionate about this whole situation. And, and Brett, you were there uh, where obviously the crush of protesters, both inside the Capitol building and outside on the Capitol Square and in the lawn outside the Capitol building. It's interesting because um, we work for Fox 6 News, WITI. We are owned by Fox Television now. At the time, we were not. We were owned by a smaller company called Local TV LLC. I believe that's who we were yeah. at the time. And But nonetheless, you've got the letters FOX on a mic flag. You go yeah. to Madison at a time when there's a lot of venom and animosity toward Republican Governor mm -hmm. Scott Walker and then Fox News and the cable channel, um, just having those letters, there was a real experience of the way people reacted. Can you talk a little bit about just the atmosphere of being there and the way people were reacting to the media and how we were covering this? Well, again, I mean, I wasn't part of the Fox family at that time. Uh, I was working for a CBS station. But I can tell you that, I mean, it, it was clear to me at that time, and I think it was clear to everyone else, that was there protesting, right? The hundreds and maybe thousands of people that were inside and outside the Capitol, that this was a time of great change, uh, whether you liked it or not, right? That this was this was a time when really Wisconsin was was splitting uh, in a way that I, I don't remember before. And, and I really don't think we've quite experienced since. I'll let Jason speak to that. But I, I think that uh, it was it was really a, a, an awakening of a moment in time when when it was left and right and uh there were there were clashes in between and it, it just doesn't seem like uh we've we've really in a lot of ways recovered from that moment i just want to interject one thing uh, before we move on because you talked about the i forgot about how closely coincided the super bowl was yeah and and there was also a blizzard in yeah. there i yes. mean we were dealing with a blizzard just before all of this yeah. happened and then I, I mentioned i put a timeline together of the uh, the events here and and we won't go through all of the timeline but as i was going through it there were a couple of things that I thought I remember some of this really well, and there's some stuff yeah. that was a little foggy. And one of the things I, I'm, I'm sometimes probably too open on this podcast, but the reality is I, I was wondering why some of this seemed so foggy. And then I realized that the 61 hours of debate the assembly had, 61 consecutive hours of debate on this legislation happened literally over the course of the day when I went to court to make my divorce final. Uh, I am married a second time. This was a very chaotic time in public life. It was a very chaotic time in my own life. You had the Packers and yeah. the Super Bowl. There was a blizzard. It was kind of nuts, wasn't it? Right. And I, when I said that to you yesterday, too, I'm like, I have to kind of get reacquainted with some of this stuff because because he's like, well, what were you doing at that time? I got married that winter, like that fall into the winter there. And 
I, there was that I was training for a marathon. So like all these other things were happening and this was kind of like, but now it, you start to get like that trickle effect of like, oh, I remember like, we'll get to the Scott Walker recall efforts and, and all the people that were on every street corner with um, clipboards and you could sign it outside of a wherever a CVS. Um, and so, yeah, to that point, just all the things that you're like, oh, that, that did that happen too. And so Jason, you weren't, you weren't here uh, in Wisconsin at the time, but a lot of what was happening was making national headlines, right? Lawmakers fleeing the state, leaving wherever. Where did they go? Where are they? Rockford. It was like, it was like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? You know, like where did, where did Gwen Moore go? Nobody knows. (laughs) So, you know, do you remember that time? Yeah. And the thing about it was, you know, the, the images of the, as Brett was describing and, the the massive amounts of people packing into the Capitol. I mean, the entire Capitol, mm-hmm. you could barely move if you had to go to the bathroom, Brett. I, I'm sure it was like, how do I even navigate to the bathroom? Because there's so many people. They were very passionate. They were fired mm-hmm. up. They were chanting, as we heard in that intro, kill the bill was sort mm-hmm. of the model. They mm-hmm. had motto that they had on their signs and also their chants, you know, uh, hey, hey, ho, ho, Scott Walker's got to go. You know, all those chants that the protesters c- continued for days and weeks uh, packing into that capital, those images also corresponded with what was happening on the international stage at the very time. So it's all kind of blending together. Remember, we had the Arab Spring. So we had in Cairo and uh, other uh, Arab areas where you had these massive protests as well, where people were kind of fired up and in, in challenging the status quo of government. We saw that happening in Wisconsin. You had, If you watched national news at the time, it was, you know, lead stories. It was on the the front page of the of the national newspaper so it was not just a wisconsin issue it was really something that the entire country was watching i think scott walker was hoping that that would have not at the time but but later was hoping it was going to propel him all this attention and what he did because remember you know conservatives were really happy with what he did it was almost like the best of times the worst of times depending on your political persuasion you know for some people this was amazing act 10 was an amazing piece of legislation it was going to uh, do, we'll talk about kind of the nitty gritty of what's in there, but rem- remember for conservatives, it was a great thing. What a hero Scott Walker was. And then for liberals, it was the worst piece of le- legislation ever. This was going to destroy our public schools and, and other things moving forward. Uh, so it was so divisive. Everybody was paying attention to it. And again, where, where are the democratic senators? Where did they flee to? Uh, what, to stop the to stop the vote, right? There wasn't a it quorum. Was, that yeah. was one of the craziest things. Is yeah. it, it, obviously it was a strategic play for them to to get out of the state so that the Republicans didn't have a quorum in the mm-hmm. Senate to complete this legislation. So it was a tactical move, but it was one of those where you thought, "Have I ever? I've never seen this before. I've never yeah. covered anything like this. We don't know where the senators are." And then there was you know some uh, contact established with some of them. They would talk to the media as long as there was agreement. We're not going to tell you where we are. We're not going to give away this information. It really was a a bizarre time. But but, Brett, you brought up that it seemed like this sort of sea change, the change of everything. Um, And and I, I look back at that time. I remember when this was first announced on a Friday, and it was on Monday that the protests sort of uh, all, all started in Madison, and teachers across the yes. state were calling in sick. Yep. Schools were being canceled because there weren't enough staff weren't members teachers, yeah. to handle the students. And and it seems like, and I just wonder from your perspective, having been here, you came here later on, you've been here ever since then, a lot's happened in the world, but does it seem like that was the beginning of the sort of divisive animosity that has been a part of our daily lives ever since. Well, yeah, like I said before, I mean, I, I don't remember anything quite like this that happened before Act 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think 
we're still feeling the ramifications of it even today. Um, you're right. I mean, it, it really felt like, you know, it was it was two sides here and there was a line clearly drawn. And obviously, you know, the elections in uh, you know the election cycle of 2015, 2016 kind of felt a little similar to that in a way. And we already mentioned January 6th. You know, that obviously the visuals of that, um, you know, were 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 pretty striking in terms of of a parallel here. But I have to say, I mean, I never felt unsafe when I was at in the Capitol in Madison covering this. It, it never felt like it was, um, you know, it, it rose to that level. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was contentious, to say the least. I, I think about the. When you, you talk about January 6th, when a lot of people were watching that and saying, I've never seen anything like that. And I grant you, these are not the same events mm-hmm. and there are great differences in what occurred. But there was a piece of me that felt like the whole rest of the country was seeing something for the first time that was like, we've kind of been through something like that. At least the occupation of the Capitol, the yeah. people sleeping there overnight who, who wouldn't leave. Yeah. Like you said, the claustrophobia of all those people. I sometimes think that the divisiveness we saw in Wisconsin in 2011 and the next couple of years was almost in some ways a precursor of what the nation was going to see, especially once you have the election of Donald Trump in 2016 and 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 all of the sort of divisive animosities from both sides since then. Was Wisconsin in some ways ahead of the game in terms of the current kind of environment and politics that we have now? I don't know. What do you think of that, Jason? I, I think that's really fair to say, right? I mean, I think Wisconsin, what what the description of that divisiveness that, that Brett just laid out is exactly what the country saw in 2016's election and then in 2020 as well. It just hasn't stopped, right? This, you know, you're, you're either for us or against us, right? It's, it's one or the other. There's no middle ground. That was sort of the situation in Wisconsin in the fight over act 10. And that's kind of, that's what we've seen at the national level. Now, big caveats, as you mentioned, between these protests in Madison and the protests at the U S Capitol, right? I mean, we saw those images of the U S Capitol attacks where people were using flags to beat police officers. People died. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen, right? That did not happen in Wisconsin. No police officers died. Nobody that I know of never saw video of anybody using a flag to, to attack Mm -hmm. a, a police officer at the Capitol in Wisconsin, right? There, there, there was no violence like that. I mean, there were certainly there, there were clashes between police and protesters. There were protesters literally using bike locks to chain themselves to the railings yeah. inside uh, inside the gallery. And, and there was, you know, there were instances where there were uh, sort of professional agitators uh, who were or, you know, uh, repeat civil disobedience uh, agitators who were getting arrested over and over again. One uh, famously poured a beer on the head of Robin Voss, mm-hmm. um, and that got a lot of attention. But there was nothing on the level of of true violence mm-hmm. uh, at, at that time. It was certainly there was there's a lot of animosity. There was a lot of venom, uh, but it was uh, it, it was it never reached that level. Thankfully, here mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, we, we've talked a lot about the sort of reaction to it, which was tremendous. Mm-hmm. The question is, what was everyone reacting to? Right. So, for those it? who are listening to this, who go, I don't even know what Act Ten is. Would you ex- please explain yeah. this to me? Jason, can you give us an idea essentially what Act 10 is and, and, and why it was so controversial? The Budget Repair Act, Budget Repair Bill, which is what Republicans call it. They were they were repairing the budget. They were Scott Walker was talking about uh, deficits and, you know, potentially major budget cuts moving forward. So they, you know, had to in his in his eyes had to do something and uh, to, to make changes to to deal with a potential 
major uh, budget cuts. In the and future. he said to fend off huge layoffs. Right, state employees, right, right. And you know, I they lay they they um, they laid that out in in you know the, the framing of the bill and all of that Act Ten. Um, and so what it does, it, multiple points, right? It's a huge piece of legislation. But uh, one of the things it does is it limits collective bargaining for public service employees. So we're talking about state government workers, city workers. We're talking about teachers unions, police unions. Well, well we're not talking about police unions because they get exemptions. We'll get to that in a second. But but uh, we're talking about public service employees and their unions, and it places major restrictions on them. Uh, moving forward under Act 10, they can only those public service employee unions can only negotiate base wages up to the point of inflation. So, you know, if inflation's two percent over the course of a year, then you can you can negotiate a union contract for teachers, for example, up to the point of inflation. Now, this year, when we saw eight percent inflation, we saw Milwaukee public schools move forward and give that eight percent salary raise for for teachers in Milwaukee. We saw that in Madison as well, and some other municipalities where they actually where other school districts went up to that eight percent because this is historic. You know, we've seen huge inflation right now but in the past year since act 10 inflation has not been eight percent so they've been going up to the point but of inflation other, other things benefits things like that sick days right. working conditions that's all off limits right right and and one of the things that act 10 required was it it it, it did place limits on or required um paying employees to pay in more for uh, benefits for for health coverage as well as for pensions and so at the end of the day Teachers and other public service employees were getting, were seeing less take-home pay because more of their pay was coming out for the pension and for healthcare. So that was a big part of this as well. And then a third part of Act 10 was that it uh, no longer had this uh, mandate or this automatic deduction of your union dues. And so that was a big uh, issue for the unions where they saw a, a big decrease in, in the money coming into the unions because the money was no longer automatically and, and being it was, deducted. It, on the other side, it was a big issue for some workers who said, I don't want to pay union dues, but I have no choice if I get this job, I'm required to. So that was sort of the argument for the opposite sides. One other piece, Jason, that I recall from this that has had a huge impact on unions in Wisconsin was it required them to annually recertify. Mm -hmm. Every year they've got to take a vote, and it has to be a 51% vote of all eligible voters, which is key because it doesn't mean of everyone who votes. You can sit out the vote and you still count as one of the eligible voters. So 51% of the union membership has to vote every year to recertify. And a lot of unions have gone by the wayside because of that. They've been decertified because they couldn't keep up with that. Is that right? That's right. I'm trying to get the, looking the, for the numbers. Yeah, this is the bill text right here. And, and you're exactly right on that. In, in the past, um, it, uh, before Act 10, the unions, just a majority of the employees in that unit. So let's say we're talking about teachers at MPS. The uh, the majority of the employees in the unit who are actually voting their votes for the labor organization. Um, so voting members, majority of the people voting had to uh, approve uh, the union. But uh, moving forward under Act 10, it was 51% of the actual employees not just those who are voting. So it's a, a lot larger threshold to cross. And it was every single year, which, uh, you know, is, this was an issue during the pandemic where, you know, I talked to some union people during the pandemic in 2020. And they're like, how are we going to recertify during the pandemic when we're not 
we're working remotely. We have to have these these votes every single year. How are we going to be able to do this? So that was an issue that came, you know, you, as Brett mentioned, I mean, Act 10 has never gone away. It's, it's still been here. And when we're thinking about um, all of these things that we talked about, um, this was the chance now with this new lawsuit for uh, an, another attempt to try to challenge Act 10. There have been a number. I mean, this thing has been through state court and federal court all the way up to the Wisconsin Supreme Court that ruled that it was constitutional. But now we've got another attempt at a different legal issue that they're bringing up in this latest lawsuit filed by the, the seven unions here in Wisconsin. But it didn't. So this the lawsuit, though, didn't go to the state supreme court right right it's filed in dane this county. new lawsuit yeah, this, this, new brand, lawsuit, this brand new lawsuit yeah, brand new this brand new lawsuit goes to the dane county circuit court and uh so that could take you know a year or so they're going to work through all you know that's how you know normal cases don't just get settled right away uh so it could potentially be a year or so um, who knows how long the court will take the lower court to to rule on this particular lawsuit and then no matter how they decide you could imagine one side or the other is going to have going to want to appeal this right i i i think as you said this has been through the courts so many times and it has been upheld on appeal or upheld by the supreme court um in the past what's different now why are the seven unions that filed this taking now as the opportunity um to to try again they're saying they have a new legal argument at the state level, and that's equal protection of the Wisconsin state constitution. Um, they're saying because there are two equal protection, equal protection. Who, who's they? So like, oh. I, just so that people like, I know and we keep saying they. So the new lawsuit, though, was filed by? Seven different unions. So I, I can name some of them. Um, you know, you've got the SEIU. You've got the, the Teamster, International Brotherhood of Teamsters, uh, Teachers Union, uh, Madison. Uh, the, well, I'm sorry, that's the Teachers Assistance Association of the University of Madison. Mm -hmm. So various unions, including. Well, you got the Abbotsford, yeah, yeah, Abbotsford yeah. Education yeah, Association. Right. Right. Yeah, so, so there's some teachers yeah, unions, unions in some mm -hmm. certain yeah. districts. I think Beaver Dam is one of yep. them as well. Mm -hmm. But it's teachers unions, it's Teamsters, it's others. These are public employee unions. Mm -hmm. But but my question about why now is what's different? I know they're trying a different legal argument. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the equal protection, and you raised it earlier. Yeah. Act 10 applies to public employee unions, but not first responders. Well, there's with the, limited but, exceptions. But there's exceptions there. I mean, so I think what I would say is that part about the bargaining. So placing the major restrictions on collective bargaining for the unions was play when talking about only being able to negotiate up to inflation that only applies to these public the non-public uh the non-public safety unions that we're talking about right and so in this lawsuit they're trying to uh to, to say that distinction between police and firefighters versus all these other public employee unions violates the equal protection clause yeah that's their legal approach my right. question is why now because this has been litigated before the supreme court has said this is constitutional um, it was a four to three decision mm -hmm. at the time, mm -hmm. um, obviously a controversial decision, but they've ruled on this. Why now what has changed in the landscape of the courts? And we've talked about it on here before. I know I'm setting you up. I'm putting the ball. The <laughs> he's, he's, what's, he's, what's different? he's giving me a, a yeah. slow ball over over home over home plate there. Um, yeah, April had this major Supreme Court election. The balance of power of the Wisconsin Supreme Court after 15 years flipped from conservative control now it's controlled by liberals and so you know 
liberal groups, progressive groups, mm-hmm. these these labor unions see this as an opening an end, to yeah. try. They, they were unable to win over the last 12 years that this thing has been law. Act 10 has been law for 12 years, haven't been able to win at the federal level or the state level. So now with that Supreme Court now going to the liberal side, they see a potential opening. And but they're not going right to the Supreme Court. They are, as we mentioned, going to the circuit court. So it's going to work its way through the lower courts before it gets to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. But they see the opening. They they say, hey, this hasn't this particular issue of the distinction between regular general employees and public safety employee unions. Uh, this this issue hasn't been uh, treated yet as far as the equal protection of the state constitution. Now, it's been discussed at the federal levels under the federal constitution's equal protection. But right now they want to go and, and say, hey, Wisconsin courts, we think that this law violates the equal protection. You've got a couple of potential conflicts here, too, that have been raised already early on. If this does get to the state Supreme Court, one, you have Justice Brian Hagedorn, who was actually a the chief legal counsel for Scott Walker when Act 10 was drafted. He actually wrote some of the language that's in Act 10. He has previously not indicated whether or not he would recuse himself if this came back before the court. And you have Justice Janet Protasewicz, just recently elected, who says she marched against Act 10. Yeah. She has made statements that she sided with the dissent in the earlier Supreme Court ruling. So would she recuse herself? Obviously, if they're banking, the unions that are filing this are banking on the balance of power in the court having shifted, her recusing herself would obviously be a, a, a big hit for them. What does that say about where this might go? And and and, and it, is this one of those we'll find out when it gets there? Or will this be a, a discussion leading up to that? So, yeah, you're right. Janet Prosewitz, you know, protested Act 10. She signed the recall of Scott Walker. Um, so she was asked about this during the campaign. The newspaper questioned her, Journal Sentinel questioned her about this uh, during an interview. And she said she would consider, she would consider the possibility of recusal. But that's that's where we are. So do both of those justices, because they were involved, they took positions for and against Act 10. Does that mean Hagedorn and Prosewitz have to recuse. That's up to them to decide, and uh, we'll see what they actually decide. Again, the case isn't there yet. Um, we we uh, we're right in the middle of uh, of the lower courts, just getting the just getting just getting the case. The the paperwork has been filed with them. And uh, and so we'll see where it goes from there. The legal process is not fast. I mean, we could have another Packers Super Bowl before then, right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We hope. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's that's yeah, just right. wishful thinking. Brett, you uh, did not work here in 2011. You have obviously been here for a long time since. I think you said you told me you came in 2013 to Fox 6 News. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, 10 years. So, so 10 years here at Fox 6 News. And while you uh, weren't working for us when you covered the protests, you have covered the protests in Madison over Act 10. And since then, and unfortunately, wasn't the last uh, wild protests that you've covered because on a totally different topic, we had the George Floyd protests and the things that broke out um, in uh, in 2020. Um, but over your career here, have, what have you seen in terms of, I mean, you're a Waukesha beat reporter. You are in one of the wild counties that has been a Republican stronghold. Um, and I know that based on what we've talked about on this podcast, some of the election numbers have shifted over time. What are you seeing in terms of the way things have changed since 2011 and since you arrived here in 2013 uh i I think it's 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 gotten far more polarized right i mean it's it's the left is very far left the right is very far right uh and we see that certainly in in waukesha county um you know with the rise of donald trump and uh everything that's happened since since his election um but 
I do think that there there have been some shifting uh, demographics, some shifting uh, poll numbers here in the in the Wow counties in Waukesha in particular, where it it's still obviously a very strong Republican uh, ground. But there have been some changes, and I think that there have been some reactions to that, uh, especially after the last uh, presidential election, that that people are starting to think, oh, well, gosh, you know, we are we are maybe not as strong as we thought we we once were. And and, um, you know, when these polarizing figures are at the top of the ballot, uh, the the trickle down uh, aspect of it is felt at at every level, too. When I think about to the and, and and like Brett was saying, it's there are very, I think, far fewer people who are kind of in that middle gray area. They're they're either one side or the other. Um, and then I think, too, about how back in 2011, social media wasn't nearly as big as it yeah, was. Yeah. I knew some of my teacher friends were in Madison by just the pictures they posted on Facebook because Facebook was it. And so that's the only way I could tell. But like, imagine if it was like Instagram was as big as it is now or TikTok or I mean, anything. It, it would have just I think it would have amplified it. And maybe to your point of like it, maybe people only in Wisconsin knew about what was going on in Wisconsin. It would have been a much bigger well, and to that point, Sarah, you know, one thing to keep in mind, too, you're right. Social media wasn't as big of a thing. But what was really interesting about this time period is when the recall election came up, you'll remember you could search online yeah. for if your neighbor voted uh, or signed, mm-hmm. the, signed the petition to recall Scott Walker, if your if your teacher, if your grandparent or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was kind of that aspect of yeah. you know there there wasn't as it wasn't as private as a decision uh for people to make back then too yeah it it, it be that that recall because you had the groups that then collected the public recall mm-hmm. uh, stuff and they, they turned it into a database that was searchable <laughs> it became somewhat of the sort of scarlet letter of the day of the you know you know where you were either a recaller or you weren't yeah. and, and if you were there were a lot of people who when they would run for maybe a local school board election or some other nonpartisan yeah, seat right. they would immediately be doxed as you signed yeah, the, the, yeah. the the recall and therefore you either should or shouldn't be elected um but uh, to your point the the change in social media i mean that was a huge deal back then and it got a lot of attention on national news. I remember Rush Limbaugh at the time was daily talking about what was going on in Madison. So conservative talk radio was all over it. CNN was covering it. It was a big deal everywhere, but you didn't have individuals with the same power to produce their own videos and to uh, circulate them the way we have today. You think of the way that occurred during the protests over uh, George Floyd, the stuff that happened yeah. in Kenosha, mm-hmm. um, in Wauwatosa. There were citizen journalists, essentially, who were yeah. really reporting on the ground and putting some of that video out there. So obviously, uh, uh, we, we have more access to the citizenry and, and, and what they're thinking about and feeling in, in those situations today. Um, I don't think any of us probably wants to go through any of those sort of situations again. But you always kind of wonder, what's the next yeah. Act 10? What's the next George Floyd protest? What's the next big flashpoint um, and, uh, you know, I guess none of us really know sitting here right now, do we? No, we don't. But, the but you know, as you lay that out, you can tell the frequency of these types of events have increased since then, too. And I think that's telling. Yeah, well, uh, it, it, with regard to the, the challenge to Act 10, Act 10 is still the law today, but there is another effort to try to change that. And we'll just have to see. Where that goes, I'm sure it won't be the last we talk about it. Yeah. And, and you know, you talked about the state being 
you know, clear cut div- division after and because of, you know, and, and resulting from Act 10. Uh, but at the same time, our state in 2022 picked a Republican senator and a Democratic governor. Yeah. So there's still people in the middle. Right. Yeah. That's uh, true. In this that's divided true. Yeah. in this divided state yeah. uh, that are voting for for both parties. You know, you know, you can dissect that. We've probably dissected that on this podcast before as far as what happened there. But uh, there's still people in the middle that are. Uh, voting for both parties here in this swing state, which again, when you look at 2024, it's again going to be one of the few states in the entire country that they're considering a, a swing state that could flip Democrat or Republican. So we'll continue to see uh, people fighting over all these well, issues. And there's a good reason the DNC was here mm-hmm. if or was supposed to be here if it hadn't been for the pandemic and a good reason the RNC is coming here next summer. And that's a good time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual and have a little fun by talking or answering a question, rather, for which we have not prepared. And Sarah always has that question for us. What do you have in mind today, Sarah? Well, gentlemen, it's good to be here. Um, Okay, so tis the season. Um, We're talking about stockings. Not the kind you put on your feet, but the kind you hang on your fireplace or wherever you have in your home. Um, Are they decor or are they functional? So think about it. So you hang stockings, right? Oh, everyone's, I just bought four new ones this year because it's- Are you saying, do you actually fill them with things? Well, okay. Functional. When they're they're on there, you put the stuff on there. You need something, as soon as- As soon as they're Santa or St. Nick or whomever is shoving stuff in there, they get heavy. Right. You can't leave them on the hook. No, that's when you lay them down. The whole thing's going to come down. No, that's when you just get a beefier hook. I don't know. Uh, Okay. Okay. You can use like ten pound weights or something at the top. To, no, okay, I, right. But I'm just like I mean, with no, the, the small what? children that you know between Brett and Calvi and myself, very much are stuffing stockings, having yeah. stuffed stockings in our home. I so, stuff stockings too, but I don't have a child. Well, that's fine. So then, do they stay up on the mantle? Yes. Really? Yes. How do you last hold, how last do you year hold there was up? a blow dryer in there. Wait, 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 wait. Well, do you, do you have a... Wait, 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 wait. a second. There's more questions about the product, but like, well, how did it stay up? And how big is your Do stocking? you have a permanent hook that is I like wish... screwed into the mantle no, or something? No, but it's, it's or a no? pretty heavy weight that sits on top of the mantle. Can you send me that link or what? Like, You know, the you can get those big, huge hooks that you use in your garage to hang bikes from. <laughs> so you could probably like get that screwed into the mantle and you can put probably a bike in the stocking. <laughs> That'd probably be the best. Well, I feel like it, the, the, the St. Nick tradition, which, by the way, it, is today. It was not. I know. I know. Happy St. Nick I Day know. for all who celebrate. I was not. That was not something that occurred in our household when I was younger. So it was something I adapted to later. But when I realized that a, a part of that tradition was like the 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 uh, cutie oranges. Oh, yeah. And, and those have some weight to them. And that's when I realized. When you yeah, add more than got, one. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have something. So so instead and of just leaving coins. them hanging. The, the stocking is removed and and and, and placed down. And, you know, but Saint then, Nick, like, Saint Nick puts good... it on the ground. Okay, Brett, what about your house? Oh, we have the stockings on the mantle, yes. and then Santa Claus comes, and that night Santa fills the stockings and places them under the tree. Oh, under the tree is a good uh, idea. Yeah. Because well, it's Santa's idea. Santa puts them down like below the mantle, which is like good and fine because they're with all the other Santa goodies. But Santa knows how we each a, prefer a, it. Yeah, so. so like I should probably leave him a memo like, please put stockings under tree. That's a good idea. Okay, but 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 again, to my point, they get too heavy. <laughs> There's too much in there, which maybe that's a problem. Too. Chunk of lead, uh, Jason. What do you? So what do you I mean, perfect answer from political reporters and also uh, Waukesha County reporter 
both in the, we're both in the middle we're right both here. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a decor, but I don't have a mantle. Unfortunately, we do not okay. have a fireplace. Okay. Like that's a big disappointment for our house. No fireplace <laughs> to hang them. But um, but if we did, and when we did in the past have a fireplace, you know, you would hang them before Christmas, do and the then kids have and then and then now? and then they would be put down on the ground when they're yes. stuffed with all the stuff that yeah. they get do... on Christmas Eve. So where do you put your stockings now? Like where are they located, or do they not come out until I, Christmas? Eve? That's a good. That's a good question. I, I, you don't know, Grace. Can I say that I <laughs> don't know Calvi? Yeah. Where's Mrs. Calvi? Let's I, get her on the line. But I can tell you, the kids were really excited this morning when they woke up. Today yes. is December sixth, Saint yeah, Nicholas yeah. Day, Saint Nicholas and they were really excited because they had stuff in their. They had cookies in their shoes, and uh, and my wife, I surprised her. I put some chocolate in her boots, Aww. and she's like, "Where do these come from? Did her sister was over last night? Did my sister drop this off? Oh. I didn't tell her." Like she had to text secrets. my my sister-in-law. <laughs> so for your wife, you were Saint Nick, and she has she no idea. idea. Well, oh. now she does. Well, now she does. Because no, my sister-in-law told her that she didn't drop it. <laughs> the thing that gets me is because we want to stuff things inside these. We have these stockings that are all so like they're, like the idea was they were actually things way way yes. back when that you actually wore. Yes, you like you would put your own. I can't wear a stocking that's that fat. No, and I bought beautiful ones this year that I have been eyeing up for years. That it, they all have our letters of our first names on them. It's like oh, so nice, and they all match. And all that. oh, ours. I have three different colors: one for well, the dog, one for me, two for the kids that match. Uh, but yeah. It's a hodgepodge. It's bringing me joy, but either way, those hooks, I need Kale's hooks, apparently, to put in a blow dryer. What is happening? A blow dryer? That's the That's first time I've heard of a blow dryer in a stocking. I mean, candy. It was one of those, a, those a like flashlight. tubular ones. I don't know what they're called. It's a blow dryer and a brush and a, and a Was this from like Shark or Dyson? At Ridgemont High? No. Totally not- tubular? <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a blow dryer that's in a tube that you can do a thing with. I don't know. That 2023, y'all. <laughs> it, it, I, I think you could get like an external hard drive that would fit like a oh, thumb drive. That would yes. be a good one. I don't know. You I'm might always, miss it. You that, might you might throw it throw it in the well, stocking. That's for, one of the things you missed. I'm always looking for. Like, you know, when, when I'm out shopping, what are you know, people talk about stocking stuffers. If you yeah. can find small things that are more than just candy that you can put yeah. in a stocking. It's difficult. But do you ever have a good gift idea? That you're like, because you're trying to figure out, you know, we're keeping everything equal, make everything whatever, and, and and you come up with a good gift idea, and you're like, that one's got that one has some value to it, so it'd be a good one under the tree, but it's small, so it would fit in a stocking. <laughs> Do you ever get conflicted yeah, about well, where that's going right, to go? I feel like the stocking has a dollar limit, right? I mean, yeah. you can't. Yeah, it should. Yeah, okay. Because otherwise, <laughs> yeah, right. And, Unless and it's the, this Dyson. Yeah, the Dyson wrap or whatever I see. Blow dryer. Putting in a stocking. Um, I mean, I guess anything's better than coal, but if you do that's have coal, true. then you have that's to use true. the old socks, the old yeah, holy yeah. socks. Wait, have any of you ever actually, even as a joke, given a child coal? <laughs> no, no. And, and I say this no. because I had, I had, I played soccer with a guy who oh, said no. that one year his son had <gasps> been so naughty. Oh, that's aggressive. That he put coal in his stocking. <sighs> And and he and then he thought it was hilarious. Of and my heart he broke did. for the kid. Yes, because he's like, "Wow, this really." Ha-. But he said it worked. No, he said it worked. Oh my gosh! I don't know he what came a straight A student. He might yeah. in, went to Harvard. This kid might he be needs in therapy, therapy today. <laughs> right, exactly. But um, in the short term, I guess it worked. Brett, thank you so much for joining us uh, once again on the podcast. Always good to have you on. Thank you for having me. 
and Jason as well. Thank you for coming in here and sharing your uh, expertise. Uh, if uh, thank you all to all the people who make this podcast possible. I'm always so stumbly on this part. I don't, and I'm always searching around thank for like you, is Brian. There a script. Thank yeah. me, Brian. Thanks to everybody like Sarah Smith here, who always comes up with great uh, off the record yeah. questions. I don't of course, know that the first look, as soon as I asked it, Jason just looked at me, and I, the look in his eyes was like, "What is she even asking right now?" I'm glad we really turned that one around, guys. Thanks. Thank you for stumping us sometimes. <laughs> also, thank you to our editor Dave Machuda and to our chief photographer manning the video switcher right there behind the scenes. That is Kale Zimney. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back next week. Thank you.